Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. And we are back today for episode three. Very exciting. So exciting. I know. I I had the best afternoon, Ryan, because I got to stand in my kitchen and listen to Snarky Puppy and make some short ribs. Sounds delicious and funky. Yeah. Exactly. It was delicious. I love it. Yeah. I love it. As as we are recording this, uh, spring tour has begun. Uh, they are one show in. Uh, very cool lineup um, of musicians. A very rare uh, two keyboard combination of Justin and Sean uh, is out on tour this spring, which I'm very excited to see next week. Um, and, uh, you know, a rare appearance from Jay Jennings on trumpet, uh, which is cool. So, very much looking forward to hearing this band in action live next week. Uh, and you get to see them in a couple of weeks too. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's exciting that Sean's on tour with them too. I am, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, of course, as much as I would like to be talking about the show that they played last night, uh, unfortunately, we do not have recordings. Um, and we are going back um, seven and a half years uh, or so, which is, I, I still look at 2015 and I'm like, that wasn't seven years ago i know (laughs) it it was seven and a half years ago uh today we are going to be talking about october 27th 2015 in mannheim germany um and now please excuse my uh poor (laughs) pronunciation of uh the venue name um i apologize to any germans or other uh people who may be offended by this pronunciation uh but it is (laughs) i've already forgotten it alta (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm not even gonna try it. Alta Farawaka. Oh, there you go. That was that was better than what was gonna come out of my mouth. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> but apparently, I I did a little bit of googling on this venue because I was curious. Um, it is an old fire station that was converted into a concert venue. Um, that sounds super cool. Germany. Oh, I didn't do research. It's in Michael's show notes. Um, that makes <laughs> sense. And uh, the name of the venue translates to English as Old Firehouse. Um, so that's exciting. There you go. This show is part of the, the Mannheim jazz festival apparently as well. And, uh, we've got a, a different, very different lineup than in the last episode, you know, last episode, um, it shifted a bunch. We have a different drummer. We've got a different guitarist. We lost a keyboardist. So we've got in the lineup today, Jason JT Thomas on the drums, Nate Worth on percussion, Bill Lawrence on keyboards, Justin Stanton on keyboards and trumpet. Mike Maz Maher on trumpet and flugelhorn, Chris Bullock on tenor sax and flute, Bob Lanzetti on guitar, and Michael League on bass, of course. What did you think of the the sound of this lineup, Megan? Yeah, it was a lot different. I felt like the percussion was sometimes softer, really fast still, and like mm-hmm. amazing, but definitely had a different sound to it than the last few shows we've been listening to. Yeah, and we do have a number of songs uh, that are appearing for the first time uh, mm-hmm. on on our podcast here, which is exciting. Uh, lots of good ones. And we have our first uh, look at a tune off of Culture Vulture, uh, their, their Grammy-winning album that was released in 2016 that hadn't been recorded at this point. Um, this is one of the very rare instances where songs will be ready before they record the album. Normally, um, most of the album will be written in like the week leading up to recording when they're rehearsing. Um, wow. Yeah, or like a couple of weeks leading up, you know, they they said for Empire Central, like, you know, 
they went on tour for like a mini run in February. And it's like, they were all writing in between gigs because the songs weren't written. Um, so that is crazy. wild. Yeah. yeah. He mentions that in the show, right? That he's like, we're releasing an album. We're recording another album that we're going to release later. Like, they're so prolific. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and it also, it, it didn't have a name yet, but we, we will get to that song a little bit later in the set. Uh, we're going to dive in to our first song here, uh, which is Flood, uh, our first flood of the pod. Um, I love this song a lot. Very melodic, very beautiful. This one doesn't have the usual, uh, it usually has a, a guitar intro for two to three minutes. Uh, very nice and spacey kind of vibe. But I love, this is a great opener, you know, get gets the yeah. crowd going. Really open solo section, I think. Yeah, it has a really nice, relaxed kind of easing in the song, and it kind of like sets the stage for the show too. It has like this Sunday morning stroll feel to it, and the percussion mm -hmm. again, much softer right away. Um, I really loved it. I thought that the first solo was incredible. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, nice guitar solo from uh, Lanzetti. What I love about the sound of this lineup is the the layering of tones between Bill and Justin. Um, you know, there, there's not as many like lead synth tones. Like we heard a lot of lead synth tones from Corey in the last episode. Um, we don't hear a ton of that outside of um, obviously solos. Um, but here we've got a layering of Rhodes from Bill and uh, Prophet synth from Justin. That just sounds so, so good together. Michael notes in the show notes that this gig is all about Bill. Um, I think it's all about both keyboards, personally. Yeah, yeah. I can hear that. The piano does come through so strong, though, in the show and mm -hmm. adds this, like, deep earthiness to it. Um, I was just talking to another friend about that the piano is actually a percussive instrument. And mm -hmm. so when you hear it playing, you know, the other shows weren't leaning very heavy into that. So this sounds different because it has that kind of added percussive from, from the piano, which is super cool. But this Lanzetti solo is amazing. His tone gives this like on the edge feeling. It's really mm -hmm. cool. It kind of, it's a different sound. Yeah. It's got like a little bit of a shrill quality to it almost, mm -hmm. which is like kind of, that's kind of his signature, right? Like he, each of the guitarists has a few very defining characteristics about their style. So Lanzetti's is always like, it's kind of got like an offbeat um, kind of thing. You know, it sounds almost dissonant, but not quite. Um, but yeah. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really, really cool tone. And then JT's drum solo. He's a very thick sound to his drum kit uh, in this show, especially going from Sput in the last episode. Um, we'll hear from Sput again in the next episode. Um, but 
where he's kind of all over the place, like hitting everything constantly. JT yeah. is much simpler, at least during during song, song portions, which is not a negative. Like, e- again, each yeah. of the members of the band has their unique touch to it. And so hearing how JT approaches this is really, really cool. Um, and I, I love the way he approaches this solo. Yeah, I really love how the percussion kind of starts to build and drive after that solo. And then they drop into this like really languid space and there's that repeated phrase. And then the mm-hmm. drumming starts to devolve and it becomes super complicated rhythmically. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it's a really, really great drum solo. And it's more unique than other drum solo, at least like the solo sections in other songs where the drums go because it's a, it's a unique time signature. I think um, a lot of opportunity to play with uh, different polyrhythms and whatever, because you mentioned like weird stuff, but it's great. And Justin throws in an arpeggiator over the outro, which sounded really cool, uh, which I don't think we usually hear. Um, it was yeah, great. That ending is like really off kilter and disorienting in like a really good way. And then it has this like pulsing feeling to it. I really love the ending of the song. I really liked the song a lot. Yeah. I hope I hear great. this song more. I don't remember off the top of my head, uh, but I don't think we hear it very much. Um, <laughs> there, might be, there might be a couple more uh, throughout the thing. Um, well, you know, this so. is another one that's gone in much. Um, so we're going to hear it one more time um, in episode nine. Ooh. Oh, great. So we move on in the show. Our next song is Straw Man, uh, which we heard in episode one uh, as an opener. I think, you know, great early set song, uh, as we mentioned in the last time, like this sounds very different uh, with this lineup. Of course, you know, the organ was such a big part of the sound and the straw man that we heard in, um, in September of 2015. Um, but lots of synth textures um, from Justin here. Um, you know, last time he was, he was pulling double duty on Rhodes and synth. Here he's able to focus entirely um, on the synth stuff. Um, and it sounds great. Um, yeah, I love this intro. It's like everything all at once. Like, hello, we're in the song. Totally yeah. opposite to how Flood starts, right? I think it's just like a really great kind of contrast to the, the beginning of the first song. And yeah, mm-hmm. the drumming here is incredible. It's so fast. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part about this song. It just feels like you're a runaway freight train. Yeah. Um, and Ju- Justin uh, takes takes the Moog solo here. Um, basically, what kind of happened was when they when they lost Corey, like when Corey went home uh, in the middle of October, um, Bill and Justin just kind of absorbed different parts of Corey's rig. Um, mm. So Bill took one of Corey's synths, uh, and Justin took the other two, um, kind of expand That's their cool. sound. Yeah, to kind of adapt to only having two of them. So Justin has a Moog now. Uh, in the last episode, his only keyboard was a Prophet. Um, but as we've seen, there, there's some video on YouTube from a couple of other shows uh, on this leg. Not this one, unfortunately. Um, but um, we see that Justin has a Moog, um, his Prophet, and a Chord Kronos, which is, um, we will hear a very nice sound from a little bit later. But... This is great. Um, you know, his Moog is there. He's adding in some other synth textures to accent his solo. A uh, little bit of interplay with JT. Um, love a Justin Strawman solo a lot.
Yeah, it sounds like they're in conversation. Super playful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And then, you know, on the outro, you know, in the last one we heard some trading uh, between, like, uh, Lanzetti and the horns, back to Lanzetti. In this one, we get that again, but Bill gets in on the action. Um, man, the, the, the way that he, like, just runs through this uh, solo section, he's using that Yamaha CP70 patch, like, the more percussive um kind of what is it like a more metallic sounding maybe yeah um whatever that one is um and of course like pitch bend piano is so cool um because you can't do that on a real piano um and it sounds really cool when he does it here yeah i love knowing what that is because it sounds like old timey almost like an old bar piano and it gives it this mm -hmm. like down to earth feeling which is cool in such a fast tempoed song to have that kind of like earthy sound to it really really cool yeah and um you know, i think michael also really liked it because after the song ends you can hear like in the background he like says something about like yeah your nord sound like you know he loved yeah he loved what bill uh pulled out for that section so that was great very cool yeah this song does not slow down for a minute and just like boom ends it's just yeah it's a train yeah. it's awesome it's it's amazing and then we get our second kite uh, of the series. This one, I think, is a much better version uh, than the one in the last episode. Not to say that I didn't love the other one, but this one is, like, this is improvisational. Um, yeah, I'm beginning to notice a trend, like, in other kites I've heard, when Michael takes that second solo, they go places. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is such a nice tempo shift after the two opening songs, which are so fast. There's just this really lovely kind of drifting along effortless feeling to this song. It's really beautiful. I want to shout out here, and I'm going to say it, I think, in pretty much every other song in the set. This whirly sound that Justin has going, um, you know, in conjunction with Bill on piano. But I love the sound of this whirly patch. Um, it's so thick. It just, it, it, it captures it way, like, not way, it, it captures the sound of a whirly in a way that's just amazing for um, a keyboard like that. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking about it every time it shows up. because <laughs> It's awesome. It's really awesome. satisfying that shift because the beat comes in and the piano is just so good. It's really nice contrast with the piano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, as we've discussed before, Justin is the king of comping uh, and his comping during Maz's uh, flugelhorn solo is, um, and then, it's really interesting um, the way they kind of go into Michael's solo. Because with a bass solo, you know, you can't be as present playing the song. Otherwise, you'll overshadow what the bass player is doing. Like with a horn mm -hmm. or a guitar or keyboard, you know, you can play as forcefully as you want with the chords. And they're still going to cut through over the top. And so you need to give more space for a bass player. So it kind of starts with pretty much everybody except for Bill drops out. And you get this like... Again, beautiful space uh, in this song. And Michael really takes his time um, developing some themes here. And whew. I keep make I keep making that that same noise. I feel like I'm being repetitive with how I'm reacting to things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's nice though. It's really stunning. It's like super patient, delicate. You can hear them listening to each other. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And they even like they get into like a shuffle 
almost. Like it feels like they're going type two on kite. <laughs> Briefly. Yeah. And then, and then Justin does some like sparkly stuff um, towards the end of the solo, which is amazing. And of course, like Nate, I know you want to talk about what Nate's doing. To die for, yeah. I feel like the whole end of the song is really different from what I've heard. A lot of from a lot of what I've heard. And this percussion at the end of the song is it, it just doesn't get better than this. It's like mm -hmm. to die for. It's so yeah. amazing. And and it it ends the song in a really great way. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is a great song that has really uh, grown on me the more that I've listened to live versions. And it's it's a surprising improvisational vehicle. You know, it's mm -hmm. a slower song. Snarky Puppy is not as well known for their slower tunes. And so this is one that really, really gets out there. I like when they go slow, though. I think they do it really well. They do. It's true. Um, I'm a big fan of the in-your-face stuff for the most part. <laughs> then you you know throw me something like this or the the 10 13 15 quartermaster and it's like okay well <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like when you have a band that can go so fast and so hard when they do slow down it's it's striking you know and yeah. it really like leaves it hit, it's like impactful in a way that's mm -hmm. different when you're always going fast so yeah next up we get kind of a rarity it wasn't a rarity at the time it's definitely a rarity after 2015 uh, we get outlier uh, which is off of we like it here a classic justin stanton composition uh, one of his best um, i mean they're all one of his best but this one is also interesting uh because we're used to uh you know in the studio version there's very aggressive um like organ and synth leads uh from corey um, while Justin and Bill are handling Rhodes and piano on that on that version, this one Bill takes that main synth riff, um, and Justin is laying down again. That whirly tone sounds so good. Whew. Yeah, this it's so good. This song has like dark video game feels. Yeah, I really mean. like their songs. Yeah, I like their songs that sound like movie soundtracks, and this is one of them. And the intensity in the song builds in a really interesting kind of unexpected way. It's not like a usual peak. It's like a, a dark kind of plateauing feeling. Mm -hmm. this, so this song is interesting because it's usually a horn solo um, of some kind. Oh, but okay. then mm -hmm. 
they'll depart. Like there are a couple of very rare versions. There's one from earlier in October that Corey takes. That's really cool. But my absolute favorite outlier, um, 11, nine, 19, one of two times they played it in 2019. Um, Sean, uh, goes ham on like talk box and vocoder and like goes switches between the two, uh, during his solo. And it's a really, really incredible version of that song. So if you, if you have that show, um, you should listen to it. And if you don't, you can buy it on live snarky and it is a hundred percent worth uh, <laughs> that, that show. That's an excellent show. That sounds really cool. Yes. This one is Bullock solo. Um, I really like the way that he kind of goes into his solo by just, just holding the sustain off the last note uh, of the bridge that, you know, that the horn lines to doing there, but lots of fuzz, lots of feedback fitting with the vibe of this song. Very aggressive, very dark. Great. unnamed which he calls new shit yeah he does specify that it's not going to be called new shit by the time the album comes out um and that he hopes it doesn't sound like shit yes yes it sounds great (laughs) and what what's interesting to me is that for a band that loves like tinkering with songs as much as they do especially before they had recorded this this song is exactly the same now as it's played here um the song the song is go of course, uh, the O with the, the line through it, because I think they named it on the Scandinavian leg of the tour somewhere. Um, but yeah, this, so this is, this is the first culture vulture tune we've heard on the podcast. I believe, um, they had played go once or twice before, and maybe even debuted shark tank, uh, which is another song off of culture vulture. That is very rare to be played, um, after this time, but this is, uh, this is one of my favorite culture tunes. Not that, there are a lot of songs on that album that I don't love. You know, it won a Grammy for a reason. Um, again, I have my first note um, about the song, <laughs> that Whirly Tone. Once again, All caps. you know, kudos to Justin for whether whether that was the first Whirly patch that he stumbled on on that keyboard or spent some time finding the right one. You know, he nailed it. Oh, this song has a confident swagger to it. It's like nice, gentle funk. It's not like the quartermaster hard hitting. It's a little bit like softer and an easier feeling. It's nice. Yeah, I'm a bit, I really love the, the bass intro. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of the first look you're going to get into where we're going to go two episodes from now uh, once we move past uh, 2015, you know, kind of the signature of the, the culture vulture era of the band where there's it's a lot like tighter. You know, this this mm-hmm. song is is over 10 minutes long you've got the three distinct solo sections that vary and so that's kind of a template that we're going to see in a lot of songs going forward like there's compositions um and then there's songs like this where there's a main hook and then there's like 
two or three distinct solo sections that kind of tie the song together. So there's a, a bunch of those on Culture Vulture and Immigrants, uh, which are the next two records um, after this time. But this is great. Uh, Bob's first solo here, his tone is so cool because it's like so distorted, but it's it's not like, you know, creating like walls of feedback and like super dirt. It's just like compressed and like searing to me. Yeah, it's um, I was trying so to figure different. Out... I'm just going to say it's so different than the clean sounds they usually make. It has mm-hmm. like a nice change of pace in this solo to have this kind of like, yeah, like edgier sound. It It's just really different. It sounds very cool. He is such a cool guitar player. He's really interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. He is. Let me get some, some more Bill on solo too. Um, you know, plays with a nice, nice little riff uh, on this one. Um, but I love, you know, we get that different vamp uh, on the B section, and then the outro just always just soars. No matter who's taking the solo, Justin, you know, with that like clean prophet sound, just takes it to the heavens. <laughs> Yeah, there's that great energy and it's like sick drumming and you've got that soaring solo and it fades out. It's just a really cool ending to the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is a good one. Uh, we're definitely going to see this one a bunch more times. Uh, they played it a lot um, in, in the years 2017 to 2019. Our next song, I do want to preface by saying this is probably my least favorite Snarky Puppy song to see on a set list. Um, Tio Macaco, uh, from We Like It Here. I like the song. My main issue with it is like the seven-minute drum solo. Um, <laughs> is that t- how long tends it is, to really? lose me a is little bit. I, I don't know how long it is. There are some <laughs> versions that are that long, but it, it's longer than a drum solo needs to be, I think. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, this song has kind of a Latin vibe. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear the flute, I just – think of the Anchorman jazz flute, but this is a cool solo, despite that reference that it brings to mind. That's really yeah, I, my But the Anchorman just, jazz flute's not a positive reference for you? No, it is. It's the best. <laughs> but, you know, he's like, oh, I'm so unprepared. And then he, like, pulls out his jazz flute, and it's kind right. of, like, 
cheesy, right? When he's like jumping around, popping up in different places, playing the jazz flute, it's like very funny. This is obviously much cooler than that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, this drum solo is super long. Um, Yeah. You know, this, this part of the show is definitely, is definitely not my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's that, you know, they're only playing for like an hour and a half. And so to kind of throw 15 minutes for this, you know, yeah. there there are more interesting drum solos in this show, certainly. And there are other songs like, you know, obviously the Flood drum solo and the, the What About Me drum solo and the Shofakan, you know, drum solo. Like th- those are all much more interesting to me because um, they, they still have some structure to it. This is just like, all right, everybody leave the stage. We're going to whack things for a little while, which is also <laughs> why I don't like drums at dead shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Drum space was very intense. Um, yeah, but did, th- it's a fun what song. What album is this song off of? Uh, we like it here as well. So, okay. um, yes. The, the studio version of it is great. It's six minutes total, and the drum the drum part is only like a minute long. So This is tight, yeah. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> so it's good. And then closing uh, the main set uh, of this show in Germany, we've got Sleeper. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry to the Sleeper purists out there that are our first version appearing on the on the pod is not one with Sean. Um, as mm. I said to Megan, this, this is like a Sean Martin signature talk box song. Uh, this one's also from, we like it here. Um, you know, one of my favorite slower tunes, this one doesn't vary too much from version to version, but just the way it builds the way the riff happens. This is one of the first snarky puppy songs. I, I learned how to play on piano um, or I guess, synth um because i i learned the you know the lead part um yeah but i i love it um and justin sounds great uh again with like rocking the prophet once again yeah this this song has like a nice calm sound to it it's nice it's it's an interesting song to end your set on but they they're gonna come back and and end it this is still to this day this is one of their uh common closers really yeah yeah, interesting. It's I, I think to me it starts slow, but it builds up, you know, mm-hmm. to quite the crescendo. Um, usually, you'll hear uh, later on when we hear a talk box version. Um, it can can get it can there. build up. It yeah, I'm excited there. to hear that. Yeah, and and you know, a highlight of this song as well is also the roads for me. Um, there are some versions in later years where Justin will take like a you know a little minute or two just to kind of like intro, just like. Lay some lay some roads down. Um, oh, that's nice. And, you know, one of my favorite things um, when that does happen. But let's get to this encore. Uh, we've got two quartermasters to talk about uh, this encore and uh, the bonus track for today. Yes, that's right. I still love quartermaster. Um, and so does Megan. Yeah, I mean, with how much we're talking about this song, if I don't get to hear this song live in a few weeks, I'm going to be really sad. But what are the, I just, I really love this song. Like this has definitely become my favorite. I mean, maybe because I've been listening to it the most, but this song. <laughs> yeah. It's, rips. This is our, this is our fifth, fourth and fifth. No. Yeah. <laughs> this, these will be quartermasters number four and five in three episodes of the podcast. So I think we're doing yeah. pretty well. Uh, we, we actually, we, we don't have a quartermaster in the next episode, which is crazy right. to think about. Wow. Yeah. I know it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, we're going to go two whole episodes with no quartermaster, if you can believe it. Okay. Well, at least it's coming back. That makes me happy. Oh, it's coming back. There's, 
it, it it's definitely coming back. Uh, okay, the good. majority of the episodes in this whole series have quartermasters because perfect. I'm crazy, but let's talk about this one. You know, I, I was saying to you before <laughs> we hit record. Um, you know, we've heard three quartermasters up to this point. The two today are completely different than any of the three that we've heard, mm-hmm. but um, these two share a lot of similarities um, because of the insanely deep funk grooves that they get into in both of them. Oh my god! Despite the fact that the crowd um, starts clapping wrong on Michael's intro in the in this this yeah. encore version, which is pretty funny. Uh, you know, he like starts playing, then the crowd starts clapping. It seems like randomly offbeat but michael's like oh it's okay and then starts cla- playing along with them but oh so fun it's so yeah. funny yeah this is super fun right away i mean i think they just sound like they're having the best time right away and his bass intro is just so good i love it when we get to hear his bass kind of on its own it's mm-hmm. he's so good yeah it's it's amazing and this one's cool uh because you know the show notes note this as a D'Angelo medley uh, of quotes. I'm not familiar with these songs personally, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that. Sounds either. amazing. Uh, the the kind of progression that Michael starts into, um, you know, Bill rocks this one on piano as well. Um, Justin again, the Whirly. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is, it's so mellow and funky when Bill's on the piano and Michael's on the bass. It just vibes so well. And then Justin comes in and I think I tweeted about this, that this is just like pure funk heaven. I mean, it is just groovy and just 
it's fucking good. It's really mm. good. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it was. It's good. And then you know you get like the the horns throw in that little quote there um, as as the intensity kind of ramps up. And then um, you know the whole song's been at kind of half speed at this time. And then they hit into the ending and the hymn ending at normal speed, uh, nice and fast crescendo. Man, I love this song. Yeah, it just can go so many different places. I mean, thinking about last episode when it got super psychedelic and weird, you know, and then to hear it just be like, you know, quoting like R&B, you know, just really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So let's talk about the uh, this bonus track today. You know, that, that brings our, our, our Mannheim show to a close. Um, but, you know, so basically the band becomes James Brown's band for like 20 minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they do play a James Brown song pretty much. Um, but man, just, I don't know what, what was going on. This was in Oslo, Norway, um, in November 7th, 2015, this quartermaster, uh, at a, at a jazz fest, they were doing kind of a residency. Uh, so an early late show, uh, they did four shows in two days. Um, and they're just like, they just sit in this groove. Yeah. Like they, they're not, they're not trying to experiment. They're not trying to go out. Like they're just sitting in the groove and what a groove. It's working. I mean, the intro is super different and playful. It's like really fun. It's mm-hmm. kind of like slower. And then the percussion just like hits really hard. It's super soulful, really hot. And then the horns come in and it is so self-assured and free feeling. It just sounds like they could do this all night. Yeah. And I mean, they do it for quite a while. Um, you know, Michael's having such a good time. He gives JT and Nate like a little drum break in there. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just to keep grooving. Uh, That's wow. so and, good. And another very cool, um, you know, funky thing uh, that Michael does here that I love is he introduces the band. And as he introduces the band one by one, after he introduces the members, they rejoin the groove. You 
so cool. The first time he's like, just the drums, you know, and then everybody drops out and he's just drumming away. It's just, he's a really incredible conductor. You know, I think yeah. that's like such a skill that he has and it's just, he makes it seem effortless and something, it's actually very hard to do. You know, I think about like how Trey Lee's tab or, you know, these people who lead these big bands, it takes such incredible skill and mm -hmm. it's really cool to hear him like in real time calling stuff and having people, he just, it's a swagger to this song and it, it's just awesome. I love that. I think there's like a horn solo and he's like, I got to hear that again. And then they yeah, do okay, it yeah, again. Horn line yeah. Throwing. yeah, it's like so yeah. good. It's so great. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's hard to do anything but dance when this is on. I mean, mm -hmm. this part of Quartermaster, especially this version, like you, you got to just stop what you're doing and just get down. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so they, 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 they go back into the song. It ends. Then they're not done. Uh, and then they, they just hit right back into the same groove. And then Maz grabs the mic. Uh, I think this is the only time in the series we're going to hear um, them do something like this. But start singing Give It Up or Turn It a Loose by James, Ban J James, Ban James Brown. Um, it's just so much fun. Just adds to the fun factor. And it's awesome. You know? Yeah, and it's just straight funk right to the end of the song. Like just yeah. keep going on that funk train. Yeah, no, no him ending to this one either. They just go back into the the horn lines and then it's done. This is a uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's it's really fun to hear how tight this song can be or how like kind of loose. soulful, yeah, yeah, or loose or like how experimental or how like psychedelic. Like this song really is. It really can go anywhere and really kind of like reminds me of a lot of the stuff that we like in the jam world. Mm -hmm. The handpicked shows uh, for yeah. a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end uh, of our content for today's episode. Uh, this is a really cool show. Um, we're going to get another Justin and Bill show uh, coming up in a couple of episodes that sounds completely different from this one, um, partially because it's, you know, all culture vulture. Um, material um and partially because the rest of the band is very different um so i'm excited to you know dive into that one as well the next episode uh is our last one of 2015 i know some people might be wondering why are we spending so much time in 2015 well the answer to that is um it is very well chronicled this this fall tour um and there's lots of different lineups that happen um lots of different changes um so we will start um going through time periods more quickly uh after this episode or after next episode rather um the next episode is cool because one keyboardist two guitarists oh, wow. two tenor sax two tenor sax players um which is an incredibly unique um one and we have also got spot back on drums so oh, cool. it's gonna be a good I'm excited. one yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to that well this is really cool super fun yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad we're on this journey together. Uh, thank you, everybody who's listening along with us. And, of course, um, by the time this comes out, uh, we will be most of the way through Spring Tour. I think by the time this one comes out, Megan, you will have seen the band, which is very exciting. Oh, that's exciting. I, I yeah. like breaking the fourth wall every episode. Um, yes, we are recording these <laughs> in advance. When this one comes out, I'll be on Goose Tour uh, somewhere on the West Coast. So <laughs> tracks. That makes sense. Yes. Um, so yeah, the next episode is going to be great. Uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, if you are seeing shows uh, on this spring tour, um, tag us on socials at Things of Gold Pod. Share your experiences. 
share your favorite songs and performances. Um, and if you're not, and you're just, you know, following along in some fashion, uh, or you're listening to these episodes or these shows, or you're listening to any snarky puppy in general, and you would like to share it. So we, we would like to hear from you. Uh, so yes. tag us. Please tag us, yes. reach out, message us, find us on socials, talk, talk to us about snarky puppy. Also tell your friends about the pod and give us a review on Apple music and, you know, help people find out about us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening to this episode of Things of Gold. Thank you, Megan. This was fun, as always. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Everybody, have a fantastic day, and we will see you next time. See you. Thanks so much. Bye.